Hello and welcome to Holistic Health Chats, a podcast where we chat about all things holistic women's health and everything in between. I'm your host, Selene Douglas, a women's health nutritionist with a focus on helping women to heal holistically and live pain and symptom free. I'm so happy that you've made your way here. Tune in every week so we can listen, learn and be inspired together. This week's episode of Holistic Health Chats is part one in the preconception and pregnancy series, a solo series where I'll be covering all different topics and issues inspired by my clients' own preconception and pregnancy journeys, as well as, of course, my own. In this week's episode, I cover 10 things to address in your preconception period. Without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Holistic Health Chat. So this is another solo episode and in a bit of a series that I'm going to be doing around preconception, pregnancy and postpartum. So I'm going to try and do these mostly in chronological order of that sort of sequence of events. As you may already know, I'm pregnant at the moment. So I forget how many weeks. I think I'm 18 weeks, so nearly halfway. And it is an area that I do a lot of work with in clinic with my one-on-one clients. But obviously now going through that firsthand, I am becoming increasingly interested in this area and increasingly passionate about it as well. So Firstly, this episode is going to be focused on what we're really wanting to start thinking about in our preconception period. And the things that we're going to talk about today, they're not all going to necessarily apply to you, but some of them definitely will. And I know, you know, not all of us have a preconception period because sometimes pregnancy isn't planned and that's fine too. But that's where working with a practitioner when you do find out you're pregnant in those early stages can be extremely beneficial because they can help to point out what the priority areas are for you. So how long should a preconception period be? That's a really nice place to start. I believe it's entirely dependent on what actually needs to happen for you. So say, for example, and this is number one of the 10 things you need to do to address your preconception period, um, would be if you're on birth control, you obviously need to look at coming off that in order for pregnancy to actually occur. So whether that's the pill, the marina, the injections, the IUD, whatever it is, that needs to stop so that you can actually get pregnant. And I don't know about you, but I still hear in clinic that some health practitioners and providers are still saying to their patients or their clients, oh, you'll just come off the pill when you want to have a baby. And I mean, look around, it's not happening that easily for a lot of women. So I think that it's really important to acknowledge that We want to be coming off birth control well before we are actually ready to conceive because sometimes it does happen easily, but it's just not always the case. And so we really want to allow ourselves enough time that we're not feeling stressed and pressured, that we can let our body do its thing. And especially if you've gone on birth control 
for symptom management, perhaps indicating that there is an underlying hormone imbalance there to begin with, it's even more important that you start this process early. So it's always going to depend on you and your timeline, but I would say ideally stopping birth control at least one to two years before you want to try and conceive would be my ideal timeline so that you can make sure you have ample time to get things Uh, your ducks in a row before you feel that pressure and urgency to try and conceive. Now, number two on 10 things to address in your preconception period, I believe is getting some comprehensive blood testing done. So ideally in the three to six months prior. So I'm going to go with six months because again, it just allows you that bit of extra time where you don't feel stressed about falling pregnant pregnant tomorrow and addressing all of these things. But getting comprehensive blood testing done is really, really important because we can look at what nutrient deficiencies you have uh, and then also work out a way to correct these in a non-urgent way. Obviously, I know that a lot of people lean on their prenatal and say, well, doesn't this correct nutrient deficiencies? And a prenatal is basically a small insurance policy. It rarely has enough of any said nutrient to actually correct a deficiency. Say, for example, something like zinc deficiency. If I were using food and supplements to correct a zinc deficiency, which is extremely important for fetal brain development, then I would be using a supplement at around 50 milligrams, but most conventional prenatals only contain 15 milligrams of iron. So in an instant where you're not getting any blood testing done prior, you may or may not even be aware there's a deficiency there to begin with. And then say you only start taking your prenatal a couple of months or even a month, or even when you find out you're pregnant, that 15 milligrams in it obviously isn't going to touch the side. So hopefully that makes sense that we want to be able to get that comprehensive blood testing done early enough that we can have a really good understanding about what our nutritional status is and then have a clear and strategic plan to action that in a timely manner so that we know we have plenty of nutrients for our baby, but also for us. I think that's a really important thing as well, because preconception care isn't just about optimizing baby's outcomes. It's also about optimizing your pregnancy and postpartum outcomes, because as we know, pregnancy is a very, very taxing process on our body. Our baby does take a lot of our nutrients. You're literally making a human. So that's not surprising. And after pregnancy as well through the birth. And then also if you are breastfeeding, of course, there's going to be a lot of nutrient loss as well in that period. So if you're already starting off that process nutrient deficient, that is going to contribute to things like postnatal anxiety, postnatal depression, hair loss, all of these things, because you literally don't have enough nutrient stores. So that's why comprehensive blood testing is really important. Now, number three is looking at optimizing your gut health. Now, if you have any symptoms of IBS, say you experience alternating constipation and diarrhea or one of the other, bloating, gas, food intolerances, uh, any really discomfort digestively, this is a key indication for you that there is something going on in your gut. Some other examples might be that you have acne, 
or you experience pimples, some other things can even be skin things like eczema and rosacea as well. So if you experience those, it is an indication that we really want to look at what is going on in your gut because, and why this is so important. Obviously we know our gut is central to overall health and our immune system, but we actually pass on our gut health to our baby when it's born. So if you're having a vaginal birth, obviously as the baby's going through the vaginal canal, your microbes basically are being passed onto the baby in that period. When you are breastfeeding, you are also passing on that bacteria, that microbiome to the baby through breast milk. And even if you have a C-section, something called seeding takes place, which is where your gut health is still passed on to the baby. So that is really important because that's going to set the scene for your baby's immune system as it grows to develop. And of course, we want to make sure that our baby has great gut health and that we're really reducing their risk of things like allergies and eczema and asthma and all of those things. And that really comes from having great gut health and being able to pass on that beneficial diversity to them. So on the gut health side of things, you want to be looking at that at least six months prior, just because it does take time if we're wanting to do gut testing and look at introducing some kind of protocol in order to optimize your gut health. Now, I've said that if you have gut symptoms, it's a great, obviously, you know (laughs) that there's a red flag there for you and that you're going to need to address that. In saying that though, even if you don't have any gut symptoms, you can still do gut testing if you're wanting to just optimize it and make sure that you have the most beneficial strains that you you want to have. So it's not necessarily essential, I would say, but you still want to be looking at that if that's of interest to you. And then also looking obviously at what we're doing from a dietary perspective for that. The two main tests that we would use in clinic, typically if something someone is very symptomatic, um, I'm more so looking at something like a complete microbiome map or a GI map, or if we're more so looking at just really wanting to optimize that gut environment, then I would use something like the metabiome test. So slightly different Obviously, if you're wanting to get some more information about any of those tests, you can always email us hello at selenedouglas.com. Now, number four is really simple. Obviously, looking at addressing any hormone imbalances. This is really key. As I said, particularly if you went on birth control or if you were on birth control to manage hormone imbalance symptoms, you're going to want to address this preconception very simply because it's going to make it easier for you to actually fall pregnant and conceive if those imbalances have been addressed. And of course, for things like you know PCOS, if there's insulin resistance present, we really want to look at um, managing that and seeing where you're at with that so that we can reduce or mitigate your risk of developing uh, gestational diabetes later in pregnancy. So addressing hormone imbalances is really key. If you have any underlying thyroid conditions, it's really important we understand more about this and look to address this as well, because that can certainly impact your ability to conceive. So that's really important. Number five is looking at reducing toxin exposure. And this can be a bit of a minefield for people because it's such a huge topic. And I think it can be really scary as well. But some really simple things you can look at doing first, I would say, is reducing plastics in the home. So some really key things would be buying a Uh, reusable coffee cup so that if you're drinking coffee, you're not drinking out of the plastic lid because you are literally drinking heated plastic as you sip through that. 
I'm sure we can um, conceptualize what's going into our body when we're doing that. The next thing would be not putting hot food in plastic containers, not putting our plastic containers in the dishwasher, definitely no microwaving food in plastic containers, ideally no microwaving at all, but definitely not our food in plastic containers, Um, ideally switching to glass for our containers that we're using at home for food and you can get really affordable ones just from Kmart. And then the other thing would be drink bottles. So making sure we're not drinking out of plastic, obviously that plastic is just leaching into our water and we don't want to be drinking that. The other thing is looking at our beauty product regime, what we're basically putting on our body and our skin every day. So um, a lot of conventional products, I'm going to say all of them contain ingredients that are essentially not tested and many of which do contain known endocrine disrupting chemicals or EDCs for short. Now, EDCs basically just means that ingredients within these products interact with our hormonal system. And it's possible that a lot of these ingredients have molecules in them, which look similar to our own hormones. And what actually happens with those is that because they look similar in molecular structure, we absorb those through our skin and then they actually bind to our own hormone receptors. So these are called estrogen mimicking ingredients. And a lot of these will actually cause our body to think that we've got more of a certain type of hormone in the body, therefore expressing symptoms of say estrogen dominance, or the other um, very common thing that will happen is that your, or the other common thing that happens is your body, your body's own natural hormones obviously can't bind as effectively to the receptors. And therefore you're not getting that natural effect of those hormones. Um, Other things as well would be household cleaning products. Now, if this is all new to you, you can look up databases like Think Dirty or Skin Deep. They're two really good ones. Um, Think Dirty is an app which you can download on your phone and actually look through your own products. Try not to get obviously too stressed about it because it can be quite scary once you start realizing what you've been putting on your skin. I recommend websites like Nourish Life to be able to access cleaner products. And it can just be about each time something runs out, replacing it for a better option. So not necessarily needing out to needing to go out and replace the entire house. But that's really important. And for anyone that is listening to this and thinking, you know, well, how much of an effect does it really have? How much do you really absorb? We can all conceptualize how hormone replacement creams and steroid creams and things like that work. We put them on our skin and they bind to our hormone receptors. This is the same thing. It's just that it's not a medication and it's causing unwanted effects. So it's the same thing. Our skin absorbs things very, very well. We need to understand what we're putting in our body. Number six is looking at caffeine and alcohol. Obviously, hopefully during pregnancy, you're going to look at eliminating these anyway. But given you have preconception goals, I do think it's important to at least look at eliminating alcohol, you know, the odd champagne if you're celebrating or something like that in the preconception period is not the end of the world, of course. But I'm also talking about consistent drinking or that wine that you're having a few times a week after dinner. You want to look at cutting that out. That's going to help with your liver and it's also are going to help with that detoxification side of things that we're aiming for. Number seven is really important, learning to track your cycle and understand when you're actually fertile. So this is really, really key. And you want to look at doing this, I'm going to say around two to three months before you want to actually start trying. The reason being that once you start trying, 
if you're trying to figure out when you're fertile, that can be really stressful. I do see that as being a big stress for a lot of my clients when they're, it's all really new to them. They don't understand yet when they're fertile, they're still trying to decode all of their body's symptoms around their fertile window. Of course, this is something that we help clients with in clinic, but really, really important that you aim to start understanding that before you actually need to know it, that's just going to make the whole process a lot less stressful for you. So the more time I think we give ourselves, the less stressful all of these things become because we don't have that time pressure. Number eight is a really interesting one. I've added this in because I think it's really, really important and often left off is looking at addressing any underlying trauma or relationship issues. So becoming a mother is a really, really big change mentally, emotionally. And I think before that is a really, really key time for us to look at addressing things that might've happened to us in the past, things that we might be holding on to, or even any undercurrent relationship issues we have with our partner. Obviously creating and bringing a child into the world is a really huge responsibility. And you want to make sure that both of you are in a really great place to be able to facilitate that growth and nurture that young human. And so I think this is really important. Personally, I did a lot of this in the two years leading up. I actually did a lot of work, initially started with a psychologist and decided that that wasn't for me and went on to do a lot of kinesiology because I definitely had not the easiest childhood. And there were a lot of things that I had repressed, which I hadn't realized. And I'm really, really glad that I did that because I feel like I'm in such a better place now to become a mother. So I think that's really important and not something we often talk about. We're often looking for the physical, the tangible things that we can touch and feel or the things that we can see. Obviously, things like underlying trauma, we can't measure that on a blood test. It's really not as tangible but it's still so real and we really need to be able to understand that, acknowledge it and look to address it. I think that's really, really important. I have this lower down on the list, but depending on what you've experienced in the past or what issues might be present in your relationship, I think it's really important that you look at doing this now as early as possible. Don't wait till you want to try and have a baby. Number nine, obviously looking at optimizing your daily nutrition and blood sugar control. So These kind of all flow into each other. Obviously, number nine, optimizing daily nutrition and blood sugar control is something that we work very, very closely with our clients on. It's so, so important to make sure that we don't end up in a state of nutrient deficit, that we are really managing our day-to-day nutrition, particularly as best as we can in that early trimester when we might be experiencing, you know, some morning sickness, which at some point there will be an episode on morning sickness strategies, but just really important. And with that information from that blood testing, we're able to better understand what types of foods you may perhaps need to eat some more of and include more of. Blood sugar control is obviously so paramount. Um, Naturally, during pregnancy, we become more insulin resistant and our blood sugar control really changes. And that's why it's really important to set great foundations from the get-go. Have a really good understanding before you fall pregnant and in trimester one about where your blood sugar control is at. And we do that via measuring fasting insulin, HbA1c and fasting blood glucose. 
because we obviously want to prevent or really reduce your risk as much as possible of things like gestational diabetes developing later in pregnancy. And I promise there will be an episode on the oral glucose tolerance test at some point. And number 10, which is usually what everyone starts with, but I put it as the last thing because it's still important, but nowhere near as important as everyone thinks it is, is introducing a quality prenatal. Um, Obviously, this does not include Elevate. Please don't take Elevate. Please don't take any prenatals with synthetic folic acid in them. You want to be taking a prenatal with folinic acid or MTHF, 5-MTHF. That's natural form of folate. If you're not aware yet, um, a synthetic folic acid in supplements like Elevate is just not something we need to be consuming at all. Um, Some other supplements that we often look to include, generic ones, would be a quality DHA for Bub's brain development and then possibly even a probiotic as well. Now, the probiotic, obviously, that really depends on symptoms, also whether we've done any kind of um, gut work previously. So that's, you know, um, quite individualized. Other than that, supplement wise, it's always just going to depend on you individually and what you actually need. And the only way we can really tell that is from doing blood testing because there's just so much crossover in symptoms. And to be honest, sometimes I think we get so caught up in our daily life that we get used to feeling a certain way. We actually don't often realize that, you know, we might be experiencing tiredness or fatigue or brain fog or whatever it is, because we just often brush these things aside. But anyway, there you have it. 10 things that you need to be thinking about in your preconception period. Not necessarily all of them, but this is of course the shoot for the stars list. It's great if you can um, look at addressing all of them. And in terms of timeline, it's really going to depend on how much time you currently have. Obviously not everyone has set aside that amount of time and that is completely fine. That's where working with a practitioner can be amazing because we can help you to prioritize what the really key key important areas for you are, and we can meet you where you are on that timeline. A lot of clients come to me with other goals and they'll say, you know, in one to two years or one to three years, I am going to want to start a family. And I think that's amazing as well, because then we can actually begin to unpack these things without any time constraints. That said, I also have people come to see me who are already in trimester one and just wanting to hit the ground running. And that's fine. We work with that too. So if you are wanting to get some personalized advice, around your preconception goals, your pregnancy goals, postpartum, whatever it is, wherever you are in that timeline, we can definitely help you. And the best place to go is just the website, selendouglas.com. You'll find the option there to book in for a complimentary consultation and discuss how we can help you. There is also links in the show notes to where you can find that. That's it for now. Next, we'll be covering iron deficiency. Thank you for listening to this episode of Holistic Health Chats. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a rating and review in iTunes, as this allows me to help more women just like you. Holistic Health Chats is not intended to replace medical advice, so please consult with your practitioner before making any changes to your current health. If you are ready to take your health to the next level and would like some personalized support, the next step is booking in for a complimentary health chat. Please head to selendouglas.com forward slash book for more information.